Yo, what up? It's Voice Phil up on the track, and you know, we just keep talking about it. We keep talking about it, talking about it. So I figured, you know what? Let's fucking talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it. We're talking about it. Strap it, because we're talking about it. Looky, 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 what did we just top deck? Expressive iteration, about to create some nonsense. Put the best card in our hand, exile a fetch land. Crack it and stack it and pack it in, let's talk about the bands. Watsy, 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 let us have a little chat. I got an offer, you can't refuse to treasures off the stack. But seriously, consider it and open up the shed. You whip out the band hammer, I will quip a Twitter thread. Expressive iteration gone, what's gonna happen now? Same story as Dreadheart Arcanist, Oko Thief of Crowns. Same thing as Treasure Cruise, Larissa the Dream Den, Deathrite Shaman, Ren and Six. Why we keep pretending? Burrow lays in wait just to bring upon his wrath. There's a saga building constructs power level, different class. To vary you know I set, draw engines and log pieces. How the fuck am I the only player who seems See this. The problem is systemic, it goes back to Innistrad. Cheap threats, days, wasteland. That's the problem, child. The cards I said before, they've all been in Delver. But forcing down with Uro and Sagavan, remember? Burkhead on the block? Fucking see what happens. The best echo just adopt the next new best plan of action. I don't have all the answers, but what we're doing, it ain't working. Can we all at least agree to have a future that's uncertain? Try a sample platter of the format up on Moto, where a different card is banned to collect data to look over. You don't even have to share it. Transparency is so hard, but maybe your next band announcement will hit the correct card. Oh, fuck, man. I don't. I just don't know. Fuck it. Just hit the hook, bro. Just hit the hook. What it do? Look at, look at, look at what it. We just top deck. Expressive iteration, about to create some nonsense. With the best card in our hand, exile the fetch land. Crack it and stack it and pack it in. Let's talk about the band. Look at, look at, look at what it. We just top deck. Expressive iteration, about to create some nonsense. With the best card in our hand, exile the fetch land. Crack it and stack it and pack it in. Let's talk about the band. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? It's good, man. Uh, which one of us is not on Magic Online? Me. I don't I don't really mess with Magic Online. Hold on. My dogs are going nuts. We love dogs at the start of the show. So there's two different Relax dogs. There's two different metas in the Eternal Dirtle meta. There's there's the the one with and without Zach. Yes, yes. The 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 Zach meta and the not Zach meta, right? You know, we just gotta upload more, we gotta upload more Zach to the Eternal Dirtles meta. Yeah. I guess I guess the the point I wanted to make this week was how so I'm 100 percent for Watsy taking action uh and and banning some cards. That's the, like let's let's oh, just we're, start we're going out. right into the bad stuff. Let's right just start it. start with I am not saying that I don't want anybody to misconstrue my point here. Uh I think Rug Delver is a gigantic problem and uh it needs Rug to Delver, be addressed. Blue, Blue Red Delver. Sorry, Blue Red Delver. Blue Red Delver is a huge problem and, and that needs to be addressed. Now, I think that what we're seeing as far as numbers for Blue Red Delver, uh, you know, being like 27, 28% of the meta online, I think that's 100% legit. I think that's what you're going to run into online every time. Like you're going to, one out of every four matches, if not more, uh, is going to be you playing Blue Red Delver, um, playing against Blue Red Delver. That said, I think uh, I, I had a really good conversation. My friend Dustin came down this weekend and we were talking about, you know, there's a contingent of of our friend group that uh, beyond reason thinks that uh, that there should be in sort of the same spirit as there is a um, pre-modern format, mm -hmm. that there should be a pre-war of the spark format, which I 100% think is, just, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not building decks for, for that. I just absolutely don't have the time. And I don't want to hear anyone's argument for like why that's a good idea. I, I just, 
Refuse to live like four years in the past. I think that's crazy as far as magic design is concerned. I like the idea of like old dead formats that are kind of locked. That's cool to me. But this whole like old dead formats that are locked but are ostensibly formats that exist right now. Uh, no, thank you. To that end, when we were talking about it, I, I was I was saying to him, you know, we went to uh, Phil, Phil, you went to uh, maybe you didn't. I can't even remember anymore. Did you go to the SCG event at Valley Forge uh, that yes. was in like January? You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did see oh, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I played. Um, I, I played a lot of Entreat the Angels at that event. That's that's right. At that event, I never. I didn't. I played six rounds. I didn't play Rug Delver. Uh, sorry, Blue Red Delver one time. I was on Death Shadow. I, I did fairly well. I lost my first round and then won every round after that until my friends were like, "Let's go," and I was like, "Let's be honest. I'm not gonna take this thing down. So mm -hmm. let's let's just go." I played. Uh, I, I played against Days Wasteland at that event. I think three, t I guaranteed I definitely played against the three times because I remember I went one and one against Blue Red Delver. I specifically played against Blue Red Delver twice. Mm -hmm. And then I played against a Death Shadow player, a bug Death Shadow player, which, you know, is effectively Delver way Days Wasteland. So yeah. I played against that shell three times that I remember in that event. What, what, roughly what you would expect as as running average for running against that shell. And and for what it's worth, that's the I, I played Death Shadow, which is, you know, Days Wasteland as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, I say I'll have to say this. I think that in IRL, like in real life, that personally speaking, I think that Blue Red Delver is boring. It's, it's a deck that I could almost always field and I almost never did because I was like, man, this is not this is not as fun to me as another deck I could be playing. And I have a finite amount of time to hang out with friends, to play it at the LGS, to go to this event, whatever. I don't want to be the guy who's playing you know, the stock list of the best deck. It's boring to me. I'm not a professional magic player. I don't try and like qualify for pro tours. I'm there mostly to have a good time. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I've, I've maybe, maybe put together a thousand dollars in prize stuff, uh, in larger events over the last 20 plus years of playing magic, right? I 25 plus years, let's say. Of playing magic so that's i'm not the type of person that's going to just choose like the best deck every time i think that's like i said i think that's boring i, I just that's not how i, I want to spend my time now if i'm playing a deck that is my pet deck like rug delver was back in the day that uh got tools like ren and six and stuff like that and it happens to be the best deck i'm not going to not play it you know mm -hmm. but i'm not going to switch to a deck that i think is better in a meta just because uh just because it's winning more often um, and I think that that is the opposite feeling that you get when you're playing uh, on Magic Online, which I have, I have, like, I have a Magic Online account. I just never, like, my computer's too old to re reliably run MTGO, so I don't, I don't. That said, I think that, yeah, when you're playing on Magic Online, there's no, uh, <sighs> there's no expectation of personality to carry you forward uh, in the day. You know, like, if I'm playing a 12-round event or whatever, you know, however many round, 10-round event on Magic Online, no one no one's sitting across from me uh in in a substantial way where like i'm having a conversation with them i'm playing the game and my personality is coming through so i don't feel like i have to you know make a deck choice based on like hey this is who i am as a person i'm just like i'm here to grind that's what magic online is to me it's it's zero personality all all competition and in scenarios like that yes i think that blue red delver is Certainly at least 25 or more percent of the meta, specifically because people don't care about what other people think of them. <laughs> they're gonna play their they're gonna play their deck. And that's not saying like you're because you're playing Blue Red Delver, you're a bad person. Just like none of your personality is, has a chance to come through, and you're not playing cards that are like signature to you 
because of that. I think that uh, in real life, Blue Red Delver is maybe slightly less of a problem. Though, again, like I said, I think that we need to get rid of expressive iteration at the very least. And if not, if not as well, Merktide region. But uh, I think that it's a bit sensationalized to say that like, you know, every fourth person in a, in a like IRL event, especially at your LGS, is playing is playing Blue Red Delver. Unless like you're, you know, you just happen to be in that meta. Yeah, I, d- I don't disagree that going after the top deck is obviously the way to solve a format where there's like it's very obvious that blue red is the dominant deck by a pretty substantial margin like i don't think there's any discussion about like it not being the case that that's true trying to figure out if it's you know merc tide needs to go and then it's just replaced with the best the next best threat or if it's expressive that needs to go and then you know whatever the next best card advantage spell goes right back in and then we don't actually see the needle move all that much like granted expressive iteration is considerably better than predict but the fact that like the the blue red like the deck that's gone a little bit bigger that's already playing uh two predicts and six 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 total of that effect between four expressive and two predict Mm -hmm. that there's already the presentation that predict could just take that slot with uh drc in the deck yeah and then it like how much of the percentage goes down when they do still have a card advantage engine in their deck between being able to control the top of their library with cantrips drc they have the mystic sanctuary still in the deck all of these tools. So uh, it's possible that expressive iteration would be enough. Same thing with Murktide. With Murktide, like you do have other options. Like there is Ledger Shredder that's right there. Obviously it's nowhere near as good, but you also do still have like the access to go into the third color. I mean, the deck was playing Uro for a while. They just went up to 19 lands, played Uro. Like that was a deck for a while and yeah. it did well and it beat up on other Delver decks and, and all that nonsense gave them just as much grinding power. And, you know, we could see a return to that, but then it's possible that that would be enough because then they open themselves up to Wasteland, but then there's, you know, counterplay to that because Wasteland has never really been an effective strategy at dealing with blue ed because they're so efficient now that all of that is to say that i don't know if just going after the bands that people at, at least from what i've heard the, the bands that people want most would actually solve the problem that we want solved as much as it going to looking towards something that would be a, a a bit more substantial like if there are untouchables in the format and we want to talk about what needs to go and then you have friends talking about like how great would it be to have a pre-war of the spark legacy? I yeah. think that I, I think that a discussion that doesn't happen that we should at least entertain. Like the the chances of something like this happening are are so minimal to the point of like it being zero percent. But I think uh, having a broader discussion about what are the cards that make the format actually not good. Yeah. And but you know I get that that's subjective. But like you know I think of cards like when it comes to, like the war of the spark cards, like all those planeswalkers that are just a, a, a prison lock pieces that make games way less. Interesting interesting than they otherwise would be because they're so powerful same thing with uh expressive and murktide and all these other cards i i think it would be more interesting to delve into of banning a large swath of cards let's get 10 cards on the block get rid of all of them and And then see see what legacy looks like and then unban from there based on what things look like they it it shook out more aggressively than we we thought would happen because i think like we've done the experiment of just ban whatever the best cards we think in delver are that aren't the shell that's literally been the case for a decade like we've i mean that's that's the same thing with misha's workshop decks uh in in vintage they're just like well we'll ban this artifact it's like yeah now that now you know it's basically a 55 card deck with like all one ofs that are extremely powerful yeah right the the if if exactly it's it's similar argument if misha's workshop is untouchable if it's like it will never be restricted in vintage 
okay, then the inevitability, because they're never going to print something that's more powerful than Mishra's Workshop at what it does, then the deck is just going to be for Mishra's Workshop, and then the rest of the deck is singletons yeah. at a certain point, right? Like, that is that is an inevitability, obviously to a lesser degree, but in a similar vein with, with Blue Red Delver, they're just always going to adopt the best tools. Like, the shell is is the most efficient shell that can absorb all of the best tools. So the best tools will always be in that deck, regardless of what the format looks like. Whatever the best tools in that format are, they will be in the Delver deck. So trying to go after those tools that aren't the shell over and over and over again, we're just going to continue to run into the same problem over and over and over again. And then our podcast is just going to have the same content over and over and over again. And yeah. I, I think that like, what if we actually step back and we're like, okay, what are the decks? Like, what are the cards that are oppressive for archetypes, right? Like, if you want to play, like, you can't really play other versions of uh, Delver without significantly hindering yourself because Blue Red just has all of the most op op optimized tools. Same thing with a bunch of other archetypes, though, too. Like, if you want to play Control, you're really, if you're not playing Teferi and Narset, you're kind of just handicapping yourself. If you want to play a, a fatty strategy, if you're playing... If you're not playing Grizzlebrand, you're just handicapping yourself. We removed some of the tools that are just so far and away better than all of the alternatives that that would make for a more diverse and interesting format that wouldn't feel as stale, even though the best deck being Delver is quote unquote fair interactive strategy. And I think that like a fair interactive strategy should like we should be promoting like interaction between deck. Like the the worst thing that would happen is if Oops All Spells was the best deck in the format. It wasn't close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think, you know, uh, it's like you were saying about the content thing. Like I shy away from having this like what should be banned conversation constantly because like I just feel like that's so much of what uh of of what the internet is for legacy content i hate to contribute to to that because it's like either they will or they won't like we can have this conversation for you know a decade out and it's going to be like you know they took they took 10 times out of the what let's say 10 years worth of content so 500 ish episodes of content 10 times during that we're like well they finally did it guys so like you don't yeah. get a a positive interaction with with uh that that sort of thing very often you know it's like there's you just want to make sure that you're not constantly harping on like oh i gotta make bands it's so important you know but at the same I, time like we do need to be out there being like calling for this stuff occasionally so well i i think that like that's part of why the the, the whole idea that you, you we have to be really tentative with bands you know what it reminds me of uh just because it's been in the news uh a lot recently is the anytime I'm having a banless discussion with somebody, it feels like anytime I'm ever talking about the Supreme Court with anybody, every single time a new judge is getting added to the Supreme Court, or if a, a, a judge is stepping down or something, it's like this cataclysmic event for American society. Yeah. Right. Like it, it is it is the determination of the future of everything. And it all rests on this one person that is a part of a cabal of nine individuals. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's it's just like this insane, insanely important thing that feels arbitrary. Like yeah. if, if we wanted to try something rather than just be like, these cards need to go, oh, wait a minute, we just fall into the same trap that we've fallen in, who could have foreseen this happening? I think that like there are, there are other approaches to be taken. Like if, if we don't go after specific cards and we're tired of going after and falling into the same in, into the same pitfall, then I think going about how we ban cards should be something that we consider changing. So for example, rather than just being like, Merktide needs to go, Expressive needs to go, whatever other cards that you don't like needs to go I, I was an advocate for days going still am but like these things aren't going to happen these cards aren't ob as objectively broken as like previous things that they banned and they have all the data that they would need now to make any of those calls anyway yeah i think that a a, a different strategy about going about banning would be interesting so instead of saying 
we haven't seen the numbers. We're not going to ban this. Everybody's upset. People aren't interested in playing. The format feels stale, whatever, whatever. We go, okay, until October 31st, 2022, these cards are banned. The, this list is revoked as of the 31st. So your cards are guaranteed to be unbanned by the 31st. But, that and, and make clear, that doesn't mean that these cards are then going to be banned after the fact. It is for us to get a subset of data without these cards in the format what that looks like and then what the uh how the community feels with those cards removed yeah is it positive what are the ones where we go we can't believe this card's not in the format please add it back particularly because legacy is not a a, a competitively supported format by watsy right like a lot of it is community driven all of the bannings that they've made have been pretty much just community outcry for uh, many for the last decade. I think doing something where they can actually get data from a, what a format would look like and get community feedback on that theoretical format would be more healthy than being like, are we or are we not going to ban this thing? Please do this, Watsi. And then Watsi's like, okay, stop badgering us. We'll get rid of it. And then everybody's <laughs> like, oh my pizza. God, why do I keep buying cards? And then you keep banning all the cards that I buy. And it's like, I, I think that there's a, a there, there could be a more strategic approach to bannings without any of the stress of it being final, right? Yeah. Hey guys, these cards are banned for six months. Your format is eternal. They will come off the ban list guaranteed on this date. And then we will use the data gathered in those six months to determine whether or not cards will be added back to the ban list or uh, remain in the format based on community feedback and supported data that yeah. we have gathered. I think that that would, like, at the very least, you just give a, a, a brief reprieve so people who want to try the format out again that felt it was stale, they can hop back in and get a taste of it and then also give feedback. And it's like, yeah, it turns out nobody misses Oko. Right. Well, that's that's kind of the thing, too, is is so, uh, you know, to to go on my rant about digital versus IRL is that the formats get solved so fast. That's why I don't I, I generally don't play Moto or, or Arena for that matter, because I, I was really, really into competitive Hearthstone for a while. And that's even more exacerbated because you've only got 30 card decks and it's two ofs, right, where a new set comes out. Everything is in chaos for about a week. Then the format gets immediately solved because like people have been, you know, figuring out these things, playing constantly. Just people are just bashing their heads into each other. So you find out the best deck relatively quickly. And then for the next two or three months, depending on how long it takes for them to put out a set, the format's solved and very and the game is very boring to play. It's actually why I stopped playing Hearthstone because I got to a point where I was like, I mean, I hit Legend. And now it's just like, it's only fun for about a week and I'm spending money on this thing, you know? Like, so I, I think that the playing online sort of exacerbates that that issue of, of fun in the format and like what to ban and how quickly things get solved. And that, to, so I make that point to say this, I think that your idea is interesting because it does give you that reprieve and allows you to see a fresh format for at least, you know, a month or so where everyone's trying to figure out like, okay, well, if the format loses these 10 cards, like, what do we do? You know? Uh, and I think I, that'd I think be a healthier way to, to um, approach the ban list. Honestly, it at the very least is a different way to approach the ban list because the way that we do it now has not proven to be successful or effective. I, I, I think that one thing that also is a nod to the fact that like with more powerful cards having come out in the last couple of years and your point about the format being solved immediately formats being solved like that's not really that's that's less so on i'll put less of that on watsi and more so on the fact that the game is so big and so popular that people can iterate games so fast that yeah. it, like that's just a volume thing like well, yeah. the game is popular Agreed. that's it so like that 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 i'll put less on us on however i do think that doing something where we get rid of like the, the like the egregiously powerful cards 
that are just so objectively better than everything else for a bunch of different archetypes. Then when you sit down and play, like if I sit down and somebody shows me they're on Yori and DNT, they're on 80 cards and you pretty much can discern their entire 95, their entire yeah. 95, right? Whereas like, if we got rid of Yorion, do any, like, is there variety in decks? You know, like one thing, when you sit across from Blue Red Delver, you're playing against the same 75. Like maybe people are playing like a different number of matting. There's, there's literally a four, a four card flex slot. That's there's, it. There's, there's four yeah. card flex. Like, are you running one or two pyroblasts? Are you running two or three or, or maddening hacks in your sideboard? Yeah. Like, uh, aside from like those like very subtle like who cares nuances, there isn't variety in the same way that like a long time ago when you would have you have Grixis Delver and Rug Delver and straight blue red with like Swift Spear and like all these different styles of archetypes. I, I think that the reason that a bunch of the archetypes have sort of like fallen in upon themselves to just the most optimized versions, they're not necessarily the best versions of that deck, like a vacuum. They're the best versions of those decks because of the objectively too powerful cards that everybody wants gone. Yeah. So if we got rid of a bunch of the cards that are just objectively too good from the last couple of years and see what kind of innovation happens within an archetype, I think would be really interesting. And I'm coming that from a place of, I'm somebody who has been playing Miracles for the last third of my life. And I iterate on trying to figure out how to make Counterbalance work because that's the card that I enjoy playing with the most, that and and Entreat the Angels and all that stuff. And there's a ton of, like, when you remove, when you give yourself the restraint of like, I dislike playing with Narset and Teferi. A, because like, I, I think they're like, every time either of them hits the table, the games are just objectively less fun. And so unless I'm going to a very large competitive event that I'm looking to spike, it's not really the experience that I'm looking to have as a good time because like yeah. Teferi hits the table, neither of us do anything anymore. And it's like, okay, why did we even show up then? You but might like, as well just be playing a game with like blank cards and numbers. But like my biases, yeah. my biases aside, the conversations that I have with people when we're trying to figure out what's the best version of of miracles when we're trying to optimize without those walkers like the variety that you get in those different decks yeah. is really interesting. Some people are on Stoneforge Mystic. Some people are on Otherworldly Gaze. Some people are cutting red. Like I was cutting red so I could play Unexpectedly Absent. Some people are moving over into like other splashes other than red, thinking that like, oh, Pyroblast isn't actually helping solve all of the problems that we need and it's taking up too much space. Like the discussion on like just the variety within an archetype is so much wider. And the only difference is really we're removing the arbitrarily powerful things that are just so much more objectively better than everything else because they're they're lock pieces and draw engines and they do everything and they're they're cheaper than Jace. And then so it's like, okay, there's there's literally no reason to not be playing these cards if you're looking to win. And that's true. But I, I think like the 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 volume of things that I that I think are healthy for gameplay and for deck building and for community uh uh dialogue. I think that if we remove those toxic pieces in my mind which could be Murktide and Expressive and Yorion and the Walkers from from War of the Spark and all of the shit. And then we see what the format actually looks like. Is it an invigorating experience to have that people actually want to engage in? And if so, then leave those cards out. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, even if they're not too good, like even if they shouldn't be banned, like if people, if, if they turn people off to play the game, if every time somebody plays against an Expressive, they're like, all right, well, I'm fucking dead. Then it doesn't like, at, at that point, like what's the point of having a, a community focused or a community driven format? Like, yeah. Well, that's the thing that I, I, uh, I think is kind of wild is that like, you know, I've been probably, you know, seriously is, is a hard Hard word to say about EDH, but I've been seriously playing EDH probably for like four or five years now, a little after we started the cast. And I think it's wild how much my opinion has changed about what what makes up a good uh, event for me. Like when I go to when I go to a tournament, and this is when I'm playing, you know, uh, sealed or standard, or you know, it's it's not so much like the to yuck 
someone else's yum and be like, oh man, like I hate like seeing control or whatever, but like knowing that I'm coming with a deck that I feel like, uh, you know, to quote those, uh, those terrible, man, those terrible, like, uh, we're fishing for information magic surveys that Watsy does where it's like, I like oh, a yeah. deck that I, I like to uh, express my personality through deck building, but there is a bit of that in, in the game. And I think, I think my experience with EDH has only exacerbated that in me and made it more of a thing. But to me, like what makes a good event is like, I walk away going, man, I had a great time. I played some fun. I, I, I played some good rounds and I don't feel like I played a deck that made me feel like I was oppressing people in in a way that like made them feel like the game was not fun. And that's I, like, you know, and I'm playing Rug Delver nine times out of 10. So like, think about what that even means, you know? I, I, I want to speak to that point. And I, I think a lot of the cards that people find really uninteresting, whether it be Murktide or Expressive, the War of the Spark cards, Grizzlebrand, Allosaur, Allosaur Shepherd, <laughs> like any of these cards that have gotten tagged as just being oppressive or uninteresting mm -hmm. i think the reason that they are like that at least this is my, my point of view is that they're so easy they just do everything for you for free nothing you don't you don't have to you make no concessions you make no effort you just get to have it all you know what i mean and i think yeah. that like it's like oh we we did this battle i gotta play it but up oh, i drew i drew expressive iteration doesn't need any setup just gives me two cards for for two mana like too easy up yeah. oh, i drew murktide regent just an eight eight flyer that kills you in a turn like didn't have to do anything just played the game and all of a sudden i have a rate that's like exceedingly too good up oh, i put a grizzlebrand into play just draw my old deck uh like there was no contention here it just lets me do it like I'm playing Reanimator. It could have been any fatty, but this one just lets me have it all. But up, oh, Allosaurus Shepherd's in play. Nothing. You can't interact with me. Nothing's counterable. This is counterable. Nothing. You can't. You can't do any. You can't do stuff. War of the Spark Walkers. I get to draw cards. You can't play. Like the thing is that the only thing that they ask of you, for the most part, is to have the mana. That's yeah. it. There's no. There's no deck building constraint around them at all. Really. Like I get. You could argue Grizzlebrand's a whole archetype. Like you know, it's a thing. Yeah. But like. I think I'm just saying that like they, like it, it asks like these cards do it like the cards do it for you. You don't play the cards. The cards play themselves. And I, I think, I think that, that's, that's how I feels... felt. I think that's how I felt when because uh, like rarely do I have a, a visceral reaction to a card in a competitive format where I'm like, ew, I'd never play that. But that's how I felt with uh, Leovold. Actually, I was like, I would never like no, absolutely not with this card. Yeah, to a lesser degree, like. Leovold puts a, a a a stage on the game where it's like it alone is a three three and then puts conditions on the game. Like I agree, like Leovold isn't healthy, but at least it's something that's like easily interacted with. Interact with it, yeah. And like it, it doesn't it, it it stops one axis, but like it's it's easily interacted with, and it's not until you point something at at it that it replaces itself. Right? It's just yeah. a three three for three until you do something else. Now, granted, I've lost many a game to Leovold. I understand that it, like, puts a prison effect on the game. But, like, it's a three-mana 3-3 three, three in three colors, and it, it's it's similar to Spirit of the Labyrinth, even though it's it's uh, asymmetrical. But, like, at the same time, I don't... It doesn't... I don't know. Like, you 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 point out Leovold, and I'm like, the difference between Leovold and Narset in terms of deck-building consideration is, like, it just feels so much wider for Leovold. You can point removal spells at Leovold in reasonable fashion. Leovold doesn't replace itself immediately. Yeah. It's it's well, like, and it's three colors, obviously. Like you know, one color, three colors, three colors. Obviously, <laughs> like the fact that it's it's also like there's the difference between it being on a creature that doesn't end the game immediately, the same way that like Narset can, because it just is a dig through time on top of the fact that it's like if Leovold ETB'd 
and said, dig through time also, like, I think people would feel differently. I, I find that like the cards that I gravitate towards the least, that I like the least, are the ones where I feel like I'm not playing the game, the cards are. And that's kind of how like, I assume that most people must uh, experience Omnath when Omnath, when like four mana Omnath and other formats, it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, I just play lands. And then this card does all of the things for me for free. Exactly. I don't have to do anything other than do what the game tells me to do anyway, which is just play a land. That's you know? a that's a reality we've been living in since 2013. I want to say when like they stopped making like symmetrical effects for your permanence. So like Master of the Pearl Trident versus Lord of Lord of Atlantis is a good good example of that. Yeah. Where like one one you could play and it could make you lose the game, right? And another one is just like strictly better, like for the most part. Like you're just like, I'm playing this and I'm gonna win. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said about like, you know, they want like their designs, they want cards for the most part. I mean, they it wasn't always the case a long time ago, but nowadays I'll get if if a card tells you to do something, they want the card to also be able to fuel the thing that it can do. Yeah. in some way to let like let you be able to do the thing and then not feel like you didn't actually get to play with the experience that you wanted to have so like if a card says like sack a token they'll usually give you a means to at least make a negligible token to be able to do the thing that the card says like okay cool like you yeah. want everybody to be able to play their cards and have the experience with the cards but to be able to do that without it being some immensely important resource also you draw a card also, yeah. you just get to have free mana. Yeah. Also, you just get to tutor your library or some shit. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think that, like, I don't know. We, we, we've gone a little bit off the rails. but Yeah, I, we, I we're, that, like, we're well, I, I well think off the range at this point. The, the takeaway from this episode is let's try to have a discussion of if there was a temporary six-month ban list where you knew cards were guaranteed to come off the ban list at a set date. What are the cards that you would want to go up on the ban list to see what the format would be like without them? That can be, like in any deck or like cards from any deck but think beyond just like stuff that you don't like to play against like i don't like playing against drc but i don't necessarily think that it should be on the block immediately the same way that i would argue for stuff like Tide or expressive or the yeah. war of the spark tragedy you know what i mean yeah um but like at the same time, if, if that's where if most people are like no drc actually creates a really negative experience and we think it's bad for the game like, yeah, then we can we would be able to try it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that that is a more interesting approach to how we should go about banning cards other than public outcry for something that ultimately doesn't change the, the, the metagame at all in any meaningful way. R.E. Ragavan. I.E. Ragavan <laughs> being like the most yeah. recent prime example of yeah. it was the best deck. They got rid of Ragavan and it did nothing except yeah, solve change, its bad matchups. Change, yeah, you know? change nothing. If um, anything, it just harmed DNT. I think... For the most part, I think that's that's all we kind of have to say about about that. Uh, to quote uh, Forrest Gump. Um, yeah, I mean, this is also like we 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 <laughs> like didn't think through like every single card that we would think is like, oh, this is this is obviously negative for the format. So let's put it on. Let's like sit, temporarily suspend it. You know, I mean, aside from the obvious cards, are there other things that are just like egregiously make the game worse for the most part that don't actually support any viable archetypes or interesting archetypes that are healthy for the game? And you know, should they go? And like, see what the see what the format would look like without it. I think that would be interesting for a temporary period, and then see what people are clamoring for to have back. That's the thing that I think would be most interesting. It's like if Grizzlebrand went away, is it like everybody's would like, wow, Reanimator is Reanimator <laughs> is just fucking unplayable, like in its entirety. Like yeah. Archon is just not good enough to replace it. Like we need Grizzlebrand back if this is just going to be a functional. It's like okay, cool. At least now we know, right? Yeah. It's like it's like it seems like Archon is the immediate obvious replacement, but is it? 
we don't know because it's not it's it's all in a grizzle brand world you know what i mean like yeah i think it would be i think that's where it would be interesting like if murtad and expressive went where would the delver decks go would it be better for the format or would they be like wow delver really fell off the map it's at like four percent now it sucks shit like yeah. maybe they should give him a card back you know what i mean well there's not a whole lot more meat to this bone i i would say uh we 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 we, we, we got a meaty episode in yeah, yeah. To that end, uh, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, thank you. Thank you for bearing with us for uh, a couple of weeks while uh, we took our, you know, our summer break. We're back. Uh, we're back at it now. Uh, I think we should call this episode Nuke the Format. <laughs> Duke Nukem the Format. Duke Nukem the Format. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's it for us this week. I don't even have any good events coming up or anything. You got anything coming up anytime soon? Yeah, I'm going to be playing in the Legacy Pit uh, nice. 2 in October. And if anybody is thinking, what would the format look like if we banned X number of cards? You can, you know, experiment and post some deck lists on Moxfield. Yes, that's correct. You can go to uh, moxfield.com and uh, check out the uh, one of what I would consider to be the greatest Magic Gathering websites as far as uh, deck building is concerned. So uh, you just go on there. You can build your deck. You can. Uh, it works on your PC. It works on your Mac. It works without like downloading an app or anything on your phone. Honestly, it's the best way to build decks online. You should go to moxfield.com and check that out. And although that is advertising copy, uh, he's actually genuine. That is actually yeah. genuine. That it's it's like a legitimately good site uh, for like tinkering with deck lists and cards that you're considering for deck lists. Like beyond the copy that we agreed to read for Moxfield, like we actually do believe. Yeah. Believe and it, even you, you can, know. you can go to the eternal. We now have the eternal dirtles Moxfield uh, account where you can go and check out all the decks we've got there, comment on them. There's a whole social aspect to Moxfield too, that, that is pretty awesome. And I think they're, they're going to be bringing more to that, to that realm as well as, as time goes on. So and then I don't speaking know. Of social, Check it out, I say. Speaking of social outside of uh, Decklist, you can also hop in our Discord if you want to chat with us specifically about this idea Link for below. a temporary ban list of getting rid of all the shit that we're tired of playing with and against. Yep. All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, everybody have a good day. And uh, Phil, I'll see you next week. What to do. Kevin Maya taps for green, the scene sees reclaimer. Untap sack of flagstones, go seek the planes, then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill. Dr. podcast, our in Billy Mitchell and Michael Mapson on the microphone. Dripping in mock diamonds, the collector of curtains up on act one of this magic show. Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed with red lacrary nights, crush against death shadow. On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow. Underneath the surface looks a lonely evil. An avatar so dark it could cause a People. The night lunges forward, going for the kill. But death shadow's too tricky, it just won't sit still. It's stuff in denials, compile a stack so thick. The bazooka bug emerges with Gurmax angling. The knight takes a swing at the zombie fishes, but falls submerged for such a distance. Forsaken in the haze of the street rape fringes. Who wanna suffer out? They don't seek forgiveness. The final breath draws a deafening silence. A sound so sinister, no one could describe it. It's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell, or the surgical extraction of emerging hell. The shards of ice feel a force of vigor. The looming fear releases, growing bigger and bigger, until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death. An all-consuming hush. The land goes swept, the night washes up, frozen on the ice. Dread arbors thaw her out in the green sun's light. An expedition map suddenly unfurls, revealing merit lage has rearranged the world. Dark.